This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating World Cup podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, Josh. Thanks for asking. Uh, I, I'm going to start off this podcast with where we often like to go. Brandon tries to talk football in the office. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. So, so uh, people who listened, I think it was two, two, uh, one or two episodes ago, um, now I'm a curiosity now that the World Cup is a thing in the office and people are like, oh, Brandon likes football. Let's talk to him about the World Cup. Um, one of my coworkers asked me how I felt about Ronaldo and, and I in turn then asked her how she felt about Ronaldo. Mm -hmm. And I thought her response was particularly memorable. She said, I used to write editorial for this dating advice website. And, uh, the only thing I know about Ronaldo is what I learned researching a listicle. I wrote 20 things that I would eat off of Ronaldo's abs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's the, end, did, and that's the yeah. end of the story, Josh. Right. <laughs> It's quite a story. So what did you say? I mean, were you, did you, you, did you ask her what the things were? Uh, what did it, where did it end? No, there, there's really nowhere to go from, right, from there, right. Josh. We're in the workspace. I'm not, I'm not going to get into the gory details of, <laughs> yeah. of, the, the uh, you real, know, the, the real American soccer slash football snob response would have been, uh, to look dumbfounded and say, which Ronaldo? <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Brazilian or Portuguese Ronaldo. Like, because that's going to that, determine. I no idea. <laughs> I mean, they're two very different cuisines, uh, uh, Portugal and Brazilian, uh, determining what we're going to eat off their their yeah. stomachs. The, the Brazilian one would be, yeah, what's he? What, what twenty things he's eaten off his own stomach? I guess would be the uh, <laughs> yeah, very good, case. very good shout shout for fat Ronaldo there. <laughs> um, uh, last bit of uh, Brandon at the office housekeeping. I learned randomly that oh, one of my colleagues. His brother actually plays FPL and listens to the podcast, totally unrelated to me working with his brother. So I have to give a quick shout out to Sam Lee, who I understand is also known among his friends as Ham. So yeah, Ham, nice. always cheating eyes are on you. Thank you. Thank you, Ham. And uh, I assume you'll be a Patreon supporter by the time this podcast is, uh, <laughs> is in the can. 
Brandon, I took a day out yesterday and I watched the uh, the World Cup, the Copa Mundial, if you will. Um, oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I think that's how you. And this is a luxury it. for Americans because all the World Cup games here in the States, on particularly on the East Coast where we are, are right. happening at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Prime right. office working hours. <laughs> Sensing <laughs> now, a theme here. Last week when they were doing the regular matches, it was OK. They were on at 8 a.m., 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. So I could watch an hour of the 8 a.m.s before I went into work. And then I could from noon to one, I could watch the, you know, the second half of the midweek. Yeah, games. right, right, but, right. 10 and 12 is impossible. No one's taking 11 a.m. lunch. Well, like, what am I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 65, yeah, exactly. you know? Yeah. Uh, so I was like, the only way I'm going to watch these games is if I just take the day off. And so I went to uh, the Black Horse Pub. Uh, found out, actually, that uh, when I posted some photos that a bunch of people uh, who we know on Twitter have actually been there. And you can actually almost tell who's actually listened to the podcast and who hasn't by – <laughs> whether they were like oh the black horse pub do you guys go there too <laughs> uh-huh. um, so uh i watched uh the first the first uh, the morning match which was the uh, spain game and um you know it was a quite an interesting experience i mean you know it was it quickly you know the first half was nice and tense you know both games were nil nil uh you know stakes were pretty high obviously because mexico uh really couldn't lose you know i mean especially if you assume that germany would would beat south korea as you know you assume they would go they would so yeah, you know, uh, Mexico goes down two nil in the second half, and basically everyone stops watching that game uh, and starts watching uh, Germany, which is also on the screen there. And uh-huh. you know, the tension when when you know when when South Korea scored the first goal, it was you know everyone was you know it was like a huge relief. And I, I'd say the you know the you know we live in Brooklyn, you know, it's a pretty strong, and especially where I live, which is very close to Sunset Park, which is a very strong. Uh, Mexican neighborhood, um, there was just there were a lot of Mexican fans there, and so you know people who are rooting for Mexico anyway. Yeah. Um, so uh, I have when- to I have to I have to stop you right there and just um, give uh, say a little something for all of our Swedish listeners. And I I, I know I do have a mea culpa because I, I I said on one of our preview podcasts that Sweden actually lost the third place match in the '94 World Cup to Bulgaria yeah. when actually um, Sweden did uh, did hoist the third place trophy. So yeah. uh, to all our actual, Swedish, yeah, there was actual anger after that. Yeah, I thought they were going to shut us down for real, <laughs> Josh. Uh, even Reddit, I remember that. Yeah, we, we, like we, you, you got it from all corners after that one, I, and um, I and I deserved it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Full marks to all all the Swedes out there. Your team is looking fantastic right, right. now. So full credit to them, but for the you know for the, for the story here. So uh, so you know, Sun scores the second goal, and that's that's when you know it's over. Mexicans through, uh, Mexico's through, and you know everybody is excited and cheering and. Uh, you know, counting on the minutes. And I look over and there was a guy that I had talked to in the line for the bathroom at halftime. And he was just very friendly. He was sporting Mexico. He had a kid on. Uh, and we were just talking. He was just very nice. And um, actually, it was funny because at first he said, um, he said, your team's looking good, too. And I think he thought I was German, maybe. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like interesting. You, you okay. think I'm German or Sweden? I, I don't think you think I'm South Korean. You know, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, you're you're white. I'll give you that. So, but but probably more German than Swedish. <laughs> I am a little more German than Swedish. So, um, and I was like, no, no, I'm actually I'm actually rooting for uh, rooting for Mexico in this game too. Um, and so anyway, uh, I'm watching the game and uh, everybody's celebrating. I'm 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 cheering too. Just caught up in the excitement. I look over that guy who's like maybe five, 10 feet away from me and he looks over at me. He's got tears in his eyes and he's just so, and he's just like, it's, 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 he just says, it's, it's so beautiful. Um, and I said, yes, it is so beautiful. And 
when he started crying, then I started crying because it was so, it was so, it was so moving, you know, it was just like, he was, everyone, it was just that, that relief and just like the excitement of it. And it was just, it was very, it was, it was, it was, it was more that I was just touched, you know, it was just such a touching, like, it's just so cool. It's like the world, you just don't get that when like, (laughs) I don't know, like you don't, you don't get that even like in a, you know, an exciting champions league semifinal or something. You know, it's like, it <laughs> yeah. was really, it was just I like, think there were some Liverpool fans actually yeah. crying during the, uh, yeah. the champions league final. Even, but. Yeah, exactly. Even when, uh, when Aguero scored four goals uh, last spring, I don't remember getting uh, that emotional. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I think we yeah. should talk a little bit about, um, exactly this, like our, our favorite way to actually watch world cup matches, um, yeah. wherever you are. But y- your story reminds me of one of my favorite moments watching the world cup in brooklyn and uh it was at soda bar in brooklyn i think you were actually at this game it was us uh, v ghana and uh we went behind one nil to ghana and then in the second half us gets a penalty and landon donovan uh scores the penalty and soda bar is packed to the brim and uh, the roof just comes off like it's electric. Everyone is losing their minds. It's it's a euphoric experience. And my wife had tagged along. She's like, oh, you're going to go watch the game. She generally does not have an interest in sports full stop. But right. as everyone's losing their collective mind after Landon, Landon Donovan scores, I turn around and she has tears streaming down her eyes. And I'm like, what's going on? She really doesn't care. She has no skin in this game. But there is, as you said, there's something about that power of the collective and um, I just, I don't know, the the magic, yeah. the, the uh, cosmic magic of it all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I think that it's um, it's been a good World Cup. I mean, we're down to the, the round of 16 right now. Um, you know, just... I realize this is a fantasy podcast. I this will not be the most fantasy focused podcast we've done. Just full disclosure here, uh, I will say that I wild carded going into the round three matches, and uh, okay. it was an unmitigated disaster. I mean, I think <laughs> something like maybe eight of the players that I wild carded like didn't even make the tw- like didn't even like start the game or play any minutes. Okay. In it. I mean, it was just. Did like, you bring Lukaku in? Compre- is that what happened? <laughs> Well, Lukaku, Inouye, um, you know, Hamas Rodriguez limps off in the 23rd minute. Um, just, I, I got like negative one, negative one, uh, cause there's an, there's an own goal from one of my Russian players and, um, yeah, it was just a, just a total disaster. Um, yeah. so, um, you know, so whatever it, it was fine, but it, it was actually, it was a good lesson for me. And it actually, it got me thinking about why we do the podcast at all, because, um, for me, at least, I know that there are like, you always hear these stories about the, you know, the guy's wife, at, you know, the, you know, the coworker who just fields a team and suddenly they're like 83rd in the world or the, you know, the the whatever, you know, the guy who's whose friend joins the league, you know, after watching, you know, the World Cup and they just get excited about, you know, Premier League and suddenly they win. They win your league that year, even though you've been working your ass off for years and years. But in general, I, I think that, you know. I can only be good at this game, like good at like a fantasy sport. If I am all in, like I have to like yeah. really do the work. And if I'm like even, and I mean like completely like, fo- like to the point where I'm doing podcasts like this, right. Or at least like listening to them or reading articles and like really, and I, I did, I, I feel like I kind of half-assed my FIFA world cup team and just, unless I'm totally committed, I, it's just not fun for me. You know, it's just like, I can't like, yeah. 
can enjoy it. Now, I, I don't know. Maybe if I was doing super well, I would feel differently. But I, I just feel like I kind of rushed it together. I mean, no one really had a lot of time anyway, right? I mean, we well, had that, 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 that's the thing. Days. Yep, yeah. Yep. That's the thing. There, we certainly have listeners that uh, follow many leagues around the world or, or all the big leagues in Europe. We are focused almost solely on the Premier League. Um, so being able to digest all the players, all the players who play in like Liga MX or um, who play in Africa, who play yeah, in Tunisian East League. Asia or, uh, yeah. and all this, it's very hard to wrap your mind around it. I I I would echo your sentiments about the FIFA fantasy game, but in a in a way, this is this World Cup game has been a bit of, of a relief for me because I feel like the pressure is off. When FPL kicks in, it's all systems go. Um, I think it was our friend uh, Jeremiah Johnson on our Patreon Slack posted a screenshot from the Premier League app saying, we're going through some maintenance, we're updating for the new season, and my stomach did like a little somersault. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like yeah. we're still so far away from the new season, but I was getting excited. But anyway, the, the FIFA game, it's it's kind of been fun just to try different strategies, see how a different game works, and and I am not in a heated rivalry with you, Josh. I am not... Mm-hmm in a money league with anybody else. So I'm just kind of taking it easy and it's, it's been a little, it's been more fun than not for sure. Yeah. We have our Patreon side forget league. You and I did a little snake draft league as well. So um, yeah, I, all power to the people who are, who are doing well in the FIFA world cup game. You know, the stakes are still it, on a, for our, for our league, <laughs> by the way, the winner of our league is still very much invited on to preview a team of their choice. Uh, going yeah. into, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to the top 10 in a minute here, but uh, just for me personally, I feel like I kind of, I'm a little more focused on the games themselves and the the fantasy part of it. Yeah, I guess the good news is the, neither Josh nor I will win the always cheating FIFA league, so we will not be the guest <laughs> right. of honor on one of those preview podcasts. Right, uh, exactly. uh, real, uh, a quick point of, of news for the cheaters. So, Josh, you inspired me to actually take the day off. So the two of us together are going to be taking Tuesday off to watch World Cup matches. And that is conveniently for a lot of our UK listeners, the day of uh, Columbia, England. So it's going to be a huge match. Very excited to be watching that one live. If anyone out there listening wants us to do anything crazy at the Black Horse, you want me to get up on yeah. the bar and take my shirt off? Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we could do like a, uh, a yeah periscope or something like that. Yeah, let us know if you guys want us to do something. Yeah, yeah. So Tuesday is going to be fun. Um, and I guess coming up, we're going to just go through the entire round of 16 matches and give our impressions of be they fantasy assets that have impressed or just who, which teams collectively we're pulling for or think, think might tank. Yeah. So let's, let's, yeah. So just as a quick rundown, we're going to look at the, um, uh, the, the round of 16 matches to come. Uh, we're going to talk a little more about individual players, uh, our predictions for who's going to win it all right now and who's going to get the golden boot, uh, run through our Patreon set and forget top 10 FIFA league top 10, uh, and then talk a little bit more about, uh, new acquisitions to the premier league. And if we have time at the end of the podcast, as, as long promised, we are going to rank, the the eleven Star Wars movies, Brandon. I thought we were eleven. I thought we were going to eleven. If you include the Christmas special, I thought we were going to go through every episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series as well. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so I think we can do all that in about 25 minutes. Um, I love right, that. So, that, is a, that, is, that is a good carrot for all our listeners. Stay tuned for our Star Wars yeah, power or rankings. Or a, a reason to stop listening uh, you know, before the last 10 minutes. Um, so the uh, round of 16 matches, uh, we've got four on Saturday, or uh, four teams playing on Saturday. Um, yeah, I'm pretty. these are both... The Saturday games are fantastic. I'm really excited about both of them. I mean, France, Argentina uh, is okay. I mean, Argentina has looked pretty terrible, right? And like a late Marcus Rojo goal was the only thing that propelled them into the round of 16. But I mean, it's not well, like that wasn't the only thing. It, it was out. also Messi's incredible goal. Right. You, you, sure, you, that's, you needed that's, two, that's two goals yeah. to win a, a 2 1 game. Two, good point. Good point. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> what would you say about France, though? So Argentina, yes, I think we can all agree it's a troubled squad. Um, but France have looked pretty drab in this World Cup, given the squad that they have. Yeah, I mean, I just think they've been workmanlike. You know, I mean, they I mean, they they really, you know, were in control in that in the Australia game. Uh, they were very much in control in their their second round match. Um, and I, yeah, then they just really had nothing to play for in the, uh, you know, in the match yesterday. So, um, yeah, you know, so they're able to, I think it's going to come down to many, all all sports cliches will converge on this match, right? It's Argentina with the passion and France ultimately with the medal. And if you go back to the, the finals of Euro 2016, France were by far a superior squad if you take Ronaldo out of Portugal, which actually did happen in that Euro final. And France just could not get it done. So I think the question still remains with this squad if they have the medal. Yeah, I I, I do. I'm still pretty positive about this France team. I, I, you know, it's it's a it's one game. So, I mean, could could Messi or or somebody else ever Benega, you know, could he take over? I mean, sure. But um, I do I do yeah. think that France is a pretty clear favorite in this match. And um, I'd, I'd be surprised if Argentina won, just given Would you, I, it's hard to think that in four days they're just going to totally turn around. Yeah. Well, would you so I'm going to wild card in my FIFA team going into the round of 16. Would you recommend that I get any French players in my wild card side? Because they haven't they've got a lot of tremendous goal scorers with Mbappe and Dembele. Uh, go ahead and throw Giroud, my looky-likey, in, in that group. <laughs> I mean, Griezmann, um, right? Yeah, as in, of course, Antoine Griezmann. Would you, do you think they're going to score many goals against this Argentina side? Sure. I mean, everyone scores goals in Argentina, right? I mean, they're, they're, that defense <laughs> is that defense is not good. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fair, fair possibly point. the week of the of the sixteen teams in the round of sixteen. I mean, do they have maybe? The second worst defense, maybe Japan's defense is worse. I mean, it's it's not a, it's yeah. not a strong defense. I mean, they're individual players who are who are pretty good, I guess. But um, yeah, I would think that for I mean, you know, France may lose, but I think they're going to score at least two goals in this match. Sure. So Griezmann would be the way to go there, given that he's on penalties, I think. I think so. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, Pogba's been really attacking in this team. And I mean, you and I in our, our preview podcast uh, we're sort of saying don't don't bring in Pogba. He's not a great fantasy asset, but um, I I don't know. I'm starting to I kind of like him a little bit as an asset. I, I don't really he's not his ownership isn't super high, and yeah, um, yeah I mean he's certainly going to play right. So um, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so thoughts on Uruguay Portugal? Uh, this is basically Ronaldo versus the so far best defense in the World Cup. 
Yeah, I think this is a really tricky one to call. I think, uh, I mean, Uruguay, you know, won all three of their matches. I, I mean, they look really strong. They finally looked good in the third match, right? Like they finally put it all together. It, it doesn't feel like they're a great team, does it? Like for a team that won all three of their games, well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they I'll tell you what they sheets. feel like. They feel like a World Cup team. They feel like a team that... Um, don't leak many goals. Okay, so the stat that was making the rounds today, I think, was that no World Cup winning side, at least in the last 50 years, has led in more than three goals in the group stages, uh, which is, which, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm no statistician. But if you take that as fact, then Uruguay have let in no goals. So they're, they're a very World Cup-y side in that they have a pretty uh, watertight defense and they have two great goal scorers. Now, Cavani right. has looked a little strange this World Cup so far. But between Suarez and Cavani, you'll get a goal presumably out of them. So if you keep a clean sheet yeah. and you're, you, you've, you're, they, I think they are um, right up there with teams that could win the world cup at this point. So I, yeah, it's just hard to tell. I mean, they played an Egypt team without Mo Salah, you know, they barely, barely won that game. Um, you know, they played a Saudi Arabia team that stinks, right? I mean, you know, really one of the, one of the worst outside of the CONCACAF teams, you know, one of the worst teams in the world cup. Um, and, and then they, you know, and then they played Russia who I don't think, I mean, Russia is like a hard team to assess. I mean, I think that they're riding the, the kind of home team momentum, uh, yeah. but I don't think anyone thinks they're a great squad either. So it's just, it's hard yeah. to rate them. I mean, well, you know, Port- Portugal to me is like a team that just like they've, they've, you know, I mean, the, the squad is not so radically different from the Euro 2016 squad. Um, you know, I think that they're probably the favorites in this game. Well, so not to beat a dead horse here, I think, but I think this applies to all the teams that we're going to talk about, but what uh, another facet of the world cup team theory is uh no international football is just it's a strange game like no team ever looks like fantastic unless like you're yeah. you're um spain in 2010 and a couple of matches but oh, they had to grind out uh you know many results in that world cup it's it's a tournament that rewards teams that you know they don't it's not like you look like pep guardiola's manchester city coming right out of the gates it's all just workman, workman-like getting it done. So that is why I side with Uruguay here. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I think you could say the same thing about Portugal. Um, you know, I, if, if Portugal were in the bottom half of the draw, I might they'd probably be my pick to make the finals. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I do think uh, – I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if either team won, I guess. Uh, there's my, yeah. like, reasoned assessment. Fair, uh, fair, all right. fair enough. So then uh, moving down the bracket, we've got uh, Brazil. amazing Monday morning game. I really I think I'm going to take an 11 a.m. lunch to go watch the second I know. Half of this game. This, it, it's heartbreaking to have to miss this match. Yeah. Brazil, Mexico, 10 a.m. You know, OK, so interesting thing about the, the Brazil game. Uh, I was watching uh, I, I watched that. You know, it was one of the matches I watched yesterday. Uh, I, I moved bars. I went from the Black Horse Bar to um, the Greenwood um, Greenwood Park, which is another bar in the South Park Slope neighborhood in Brooklyn. Um, and uh, that's more free pretty... advertising here on the Always Cheating Podcast. <laughs> that's right. So uh, I was watching uh, Brazil, Serbia. You know, you and I had been we, were, we had one hit and one miss. Right. We talked about how Germany was was in trouble and we uh, and then we, we big up to Serbia and Serbia. Ultimately, yeah. you know, really, I mean, if Serbia just hadn't if they just held on for a point in that, 
the Switzerland um, game and the Switzerland yeah. game and everything could have been different, but yeah. And, uh, I mean, that Switzerland game was certainly in the first half. It was Serbia's for the taking and that, yeah, exactly. Like them not getting anything out of that game was the end of their world cup. It's just incredibly right. deflating for that's what that's what. So I was watching Brazil play uh, Serbia, you know, pretty important game. I mean, Brazil could have actually, you know, gone on to the world cup. They lost that match. Uh, and so, you know, Brazil's creating chances and it's not happening in the 20 minute mark, 30 minute mark. And I'm like, oh, they are going to, they're going to rue all of these missed chances. Uh, and then as the match went on and they just kept creating chances and ultimately scoring goals. And I was like, they're not going to rue anything. They're just kicking their ass. You know, it was just <laughs> like, it was a total one-sided performance. And there was, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like they were playing Germany or something. They were just they were just a better team that was just eventually going to score a bunch of goals because they were just better. I mean, they scored right. two. Bra- they, they could have scored five. Brazil plays like they're in the Nike commercial that they're in. <laughs> There's no sense of urgency. They all have smiles on their faces. They're playing yeah. like they're just mugging for the camera. Like, sure, we'll win. This is yeah, a Nike it, commercial, right? Yeah. So it was. It was. It was a, a pretty impressive game uh, when I finally. Uh, like tilted my head in the right direction. And uh, I think Mexico is in trouble. I like Mexico. I think I'll be kind of rooting for Mexico in this game just because they're the underdog. And, um, but I I do like this. I don't know how I feel about this Brazil squad. This is like, it's like a personality thing for me. I can't, I can't deal with the emotion. Like I can't deal with the fans. They keep like showing on the sidelines or chewing their hands and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, crying because they're not, up enough and it's just like it's yeah. it's all like it's like everyone just calmed down a little bit <laughs> it's just like it's like a yeah. little much for me to, to to handle yeah i i do feel for your friend from the black horse the mexico fan who was crying tears of joy what well that's the a... end of the match but i mean like you know no but like, uh, i mean like what yeah, i'm saying yeah what i'm saying is i feel for him in that they went from the highest of highs after that germany uh demolition just becoming the darlings of the world cup like so early and then, and then turning around and getting demolished by Sweden. Um, I mean, there was another great performance by Mexico in between those two matches. I understand that. Um, It's, it's that Kurt, that Mexico curse of the round of 16, but I, I really would love for this tale to keep going for Mexico. This is going back to my cosmic magical thinking of, of football. This, this is, uh, there, there is no, um, there are no. This is not a, an, an analysis of any kind. I understand that, but uh, yeah. I'm re- yeah, I'm rooting for Mexico. Too. I think that might be the case with this Brazil game as well. I mean, you know, Paulinho just the whole team looks really. Sad. Gabriel Jesus is the only player who I, I do wonder if if you could put Firmino into that Jesus spot and uh, if give they, him if a shot. Really yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a huge downgrade from from Jesus. I don't know if anyone would argue with that. So the question I have is, uh, is Neymar worth a punt on a wild card going into the round of 16? I've been with Coutinho through the first uh, three um, match days of the World Cup, and he's paid off pretty well with two goals and an assist. Probably want to stick with Coutinho here. And uh, just just trying to formulate in my head what kind of strategy Mexico is going to go for, how defensive they're going to have to be. Yeah, I don't know that they're capable of being all that defensive. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, they kept Germany, you know, from scoring in their first game. But, and, and they're, they're, I guess they're kind of a counterattacking team. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they conceded three goals to uh, to Sweden and it wasn't, it wasn't, 
that was a game where they yeah. just needed to not concede any goals. And they yeah. conceded three of them. So that doesn't exactly inspire a ton yeah. of confidence. I think, I, I think I might go all in with Brazil on a wild card. Yeah. Um, so uh, then Belgium, Brandon, that's too many. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> too many. Uh, speaking <laughs> of all in, I'll probably go all in on Belgium as well. They face off with Japan and the other Monday fixture. Um, do you feel like every pundit out there is just constantly equivocating with Belgium? No one wants to come out and say they actually have a chance of winning the World Cup. I mean, people yeah, are. I, I guess it's just like we haven't seen it. You know, it's a, they made the well, the quarterfinals of the 2014 World Cup. Uh, you know, they were disappointed in the in the 2016 Euros. It's like everyone thinks they're talented. I mean, it's crazy how talented they are. You know, I was actually thinking about that team, and I was kind of running through. I was just thinking about how loaded they were a couple of days ago, and I was in my head. I was like, oh yeah, it's crazy. And they have you know the you know, the two Spurs uh, center backs. And I was like, oh yeah, and who's their, who's their keeper? And I, I couldn't remember who it was for a second. I was like, oh right, Thibaut Couture. <laughs> it was like, you know, one of the five like, best keepers in the world. Is it Simone Mignolet perhaps? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Thibaut Couture is an amazing keeper, right? He'd be starting for, you know, the, you know many of these, many of the teams in the round of 16. Um, and, uh, you know, and he's like, you know, maybe the seventh best player and they're starting 11, you know, so it's, I mean, I would maybe not that maybe he's higher than that, but you know, it's just, it's a very loaded starting 11 and, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's just, you know, it's like these, these are all, there's all these players who have been frustrating to us over the years, right? Like Eden Azar yeah. is brilliant, but can kind of take some games off and Rama Lukaku can be a little passive as well. And, you know, and so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like you were saying, like every team has some flaws, but it's just like, we've never seen this Belgian team like just run the table. And so maybe it's just until, until they do it, it's hard to, I think we're, it's hard to feel confident yeah. about it. Well, I do think we're seeing it though. I mean, you can talk about the competition in their group. Maybe it was less than impressive. Maybe their defense hasn't been tested, but as you're saying, they have a fantastic defense with Alderweireld right, and this, Vertonghen. And I'll put you in the spot. Do you think they beat Brazil in uh, the quarterfinals? Yes, absolutely. I think they could. Okay. All right. And, well, I like and, it. Uh, yeah. So I guess, I guess I, and, and maybe I don't want to be the Premier League fanboy. Belgium, I think, is, is, has always been sort of the, the Premier League fanboy team because they have all these really sexy Premier League players from Hazard to De Bruyne to the defenders we're talking about. Lukaku uh, looks great. I mean, poor little out for Christian Benteke. I mean, had he mm-hmm. had he scored one more goal for Crystal Palace this last season, you think he you think he gets a look at this Belgium squad? <laughs> I don't know. If that, I don't think so. Uh, do we? I mean, Japan. We don't think Japan can do anything, right? And they've game. been a lot of fun to watch, but uh, we wish them the best. Thanks for yeah, playing they, Japan. They, they they lucked into that round of sixteen, right? It should be Senegal. A much more fun Senegal. Agreed. Well, I don't know. I mean, Japan yes. is like, it, it's it's a fun team because it's like full of players that you kind of half know, you know, <laughs> like uh, Kisuke yeah. Honda, but yeah. Yeah, or Shinji Kagawa. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, let's go back in time. We talked about uh, these Monday fixtures. We went from Saturday to Monday. Now, back in time to Sunday, Spain facing off against Russia and the other matches, Croatia, Denmark. Um, I guess quickly on Spain... Uh, this goes back to the World Cuppy team theory. Is Spain mm-hmm. the Germany that just got out of their group where Germany did not? Is Spain World Cuppy enough to still win the World Cup? Yeah. Uh, well, I, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, they, 
okay, like a, a late Cristiano Ronaldo, they're a late Cristiano Ronaldo free kick away from being pretty easily, you know, out of their group, right? With with not with minimal problems, you know. So I mean, they they have looked. They look pretty complete in some ways. Their defense, uh, I, I can't believe how many goals they're conceding. It's, it's weird how many goals yeah. they're conceding for, for how good the players are on their defense. And I, I didn't really know why they're not. I mean, especially because like so many of them have that Real Madrid connection. Well, um, okay, so this is, this is another the, this is another World Cup theory I'm cultivating here. It's like, yep, Pique and uh, Sergio Ramos, they go through very extensive club campaigns with Real Madrid and Barcelona. These guys are just playing nonstop. Fatigue does happen. These, they're both World Cup winners. Is this, is this anything more than, and I'm, I guess I'm about to suggest what I don't want to suggest, that they don't have complete and utter love for their, their country and their, their, their badge, but are they not just on vacation? Like, they just, I don't they're know. They're just I mean, not I, playing up to their fullest potential. I, I think that the drive that makes you world class is, I, I don't know if you can like turn that off, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I would, would say that. I think that it's, um, I don't know. It's not clicking for some reason, but I, I guess I just don't, I, I don't know that I can explain why Spain's defense isn't better. It really should be. I mean, they have De Gea and goal, right? It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, who's, so, who's looked pretty, pretty ordinary in this world. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, they have won yeah, I, like, I, everything you can win. So maybe, maybe there is like a little, like it just like, a, like yeah. there needs to be like a new generation of, of uh, you know, a completely new generation of, 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 uh, you know, players to come in and, and kind of replace the, the yeah. 2010 class or something. But, um, I mean, which is, which is definitely happening, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It is a little, uh, it, they should be better, but I, I still feel pretty good about. It. And they're like they're, I mean, they have to be the favorite to come out of their half of the draw, right? I mean, you look, you know, top to bottom, um, yeah. you know. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I mean, do you think you know, in, could you, England maybe you know could could you know beat them in the semifinals? But I mean, I, what, you know, actually, a, what a fantastic pretty, semifinal! Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Croatia yeah, well, looks well, really well, good too. Okay. Well, last on Spain, I will just say like I've been I've been uh riding PK on my FIFA squad, definitely looking to ditch Spain defense, but Isco is one that I think that's come good and one to look at for your for your fantasy side. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah that, it was 8.5 million too. It's pretty pretty affordable. Yeah. So right, Croatia um, you know, no one knew what to make of these guys at the start of the World Cup and here they are, uh three convincing victories out of three. Um, you know, another dark horse candidate to get to the the semifinal. I'm yeah, assuming, uh, assuming they beat Spain. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Luka Modric, right? Is just like so so fantastic, and it's I, I they, this is like a team. They're kind of like Belgium, right? Where they've just like they played together for a long time. A lot of people have felt very good about them, felt very good about their chances, and it does feel like they finally put it together in this World Cup. So. Uh, it would not surprise yeah. me at all if Croatia actually made the World Cup final. I mean, yeah. I'm not predicting that, but it wouldn't be like a total shocker, that's for sure. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about the combination between Perisic and Modric. So both of them in the midfield clicking is, uh, and, you know, Mandzukic has not even had to come in to the equation to get Croatia over the finish line. So it's... Um, yeah. Uh, Perisic looks like a great goal scorer for them right now. If you're looking to get a Croatian asset. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, Russia, is there anything we need to say about them? I mean, it's, 
they lost the Bailey to Uruguay. It's like taking away a little of their thunder, I think. Yeah. Uh, do we think that you, you could, think they could beat Spain? No, I really don't. I, I think that they, and I think that they'll probably consider this a really, I, this is, I don't know how patronizing this is, but how could this not be considered a, a pretty decent success for this Russian side, totally unrated as the host nation and really put on a show for their home fans, the first two matches. Right. So Russia take a bow. I am pretty sure they'll go out to Spain and uh, you know, that uh, who's the big boy that they, they put up front number 22 double deuce. Is that chair chair? Juba. Sorry. Juba was the, is, is double deuce's name. So, you know, how much how much gas does that guy have left in the tank? <laughs> it's, it's hard to say. Uh, I mean, it's it's almost perfect for them, right? Because they they play Spain. There's you know there's no, there's no shame in losing to Spain. Like if it's like a two nil defeat, yeah, like you said, it's it's there's it is, it is not a national tragedy. They made the round of sixteen. It's it's all good. Um, and you know, it seems like every, every like there's been no issues at the World Cup either. So it's like it's all it's all been fine. Uh, and then Denmark, I mean, I guess we, you know, just for Christian Eriksen alone, you've got a, it's interesting actually, Croatia and Denmark, you've got like sort of, it's like a great midfield battle. In that game. Yeah, I, I do find it very fascinating how um, Eriksen, wonderful player, but if we're talking about Christian Eriksen on Spurs while we're doing FPL season, Eriksen is always on the margins. We're like, well, he's on set pieces. Suddenly it's the World Cup and people are like, all right, Portugal has Cristiano Ronaldo and Denmark has Christian Eriksen. <laughs> he he's a wonderful player. He's not a world beater. I don't know. I mean, he kind of is though. I mean, like he, you know, he was. I mean, he was basically created the he created the first goal in their in their first win over uh, Peru. Uh, you know, scored was it the was it the only goal in their win in, in their second round match? Um, you know, so I don't know. I think, I think he's, I think he's pretty solid. I mean, they, they just really just couldn't, they just didn't want to like lose in the, in the France game. So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to suggest that he's not solid and, but you know, the, so the goal he creates in the first game, like he just waits for the exact right moment to release the pass, which is a, is a laudable skill. Great. Right. Kind but of runs with the ball. He's not too. out. I mean, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It's he's, like a long ball to him that he kind of runs with. It's he, he creates the chance. Yeah, I'm not, not. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I don't know what I'm arguing. I don't know why I'm arguing about Christian Eriksen. <laughs> you hate Christian Eriksen. He's you, 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 he's not he's not your kind of player. You don't like you don't like uh, you know Northern European creative midfielders. It's oh, for, for, never first been your I style. alienate all of our Swedish listeners. <laughs> now I'm alienating all of our Danish listeners. <laughs> Uh, all right, but, let's move on to the uh, yeah, bottom half. I think half we can agree the, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Croatia's match to lose. Let's move I, on to the. Uh, the I bottom. would think so too. Bottom yeah. Two. Uh, the bottom half, uh, you and I, we've got a we got a great appetizer before the. <laughs> so th- these are these are the games that you and I'll be watching together. Uh, Sweden Switzerland. I'm. It's kind of a fun match, right? Because it's like mm-hmm. who knows? You know, it's like you know Sweden has been pretty underrated this entire tournament. I mean, they've really played quite well. Um, I, you know, did a, a extremely impressive win over over Mexico when they when they needed it, and you know, honestly, uh, I mean, the Germany game. Did you hear this whole thing about how they like they really like they were kind of like like a fire was lit under them after the Germany game because I guess like they were the Germans some of the, some members of the German team were were taunting uh, the Swedish after uh, after they lost that game, 
Um, and so like, uh, yeah, they were like, oh, like, I don't just like, I don't know, like, just kind of like, you know, just taunting them. And uh, after uh, Germany went out of the World Cup, like a bunch of them took to Twitter to be like, well, like, given how given how they behaved against us at the end of that game, um, you know, like harm is coming back to you. And I was like, wow, like. Harm so, is coming I, back to you. It just seems so un-German to taunt. Like, I just, I was, I was oh, very surprised. Oh, yeah, I guess I. I I did hear the Swedish manager groaning about how Germany was unsportsmanlike. I didn't hear the whole story of what this, this taunting actually. I don't was, know. But, I don't know uh, the whole the whole story either. But as uh, so, but I I do think that's so. I have this theory about um, Shakiri too that like with, with he's got this facial hair now. Have you seen this? Like he's got like a little like kind of mustachey <laughs> thing going on. It's more uh-huh. developed than it was even during the regular season. I think uh, with Stoke. Okay, he, I, I want to know where this is going. Where are you going with this? He looks like a like an actual fox. Like he looks like a he looks like a like a fox that like was like in a, like a lab and was like like given some kind of weird steroid and amped up. But he's he still has this very small <laughs> face, and so he he looks like a mutant like he, fox. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> He's part of the uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy or something like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> uh, I cannot, I cannot look at Shakiri and not picture a guy wearing a bandit mask with one of those like comically stuffed uh, bags of cash with a yeah, dollar maybe, sign on maybe the. Maybe out, he looks more it. like a raccoon. Actually, you know, raccoons. Have he looks masks. like a, he looks like a beagle boy. Any any fans <laughs> of, of Ducktales out there? He, he does look like a beagle boy. <laughs> so he's he's amazing though you know as anyone long-time listeners know that i love all, all short players and this is why this is why the the Peru team not making the round of 16 is a national tragedy um but i i love i love short shakiri uh he's just so ridiculous he's just like oh and i also love uh steven licksteiner is amazing yeah you know, I, I saw your tweet about this that he, he's got a he bit just, of an attitude that you he just enjoy. screams at everybody i mean it's amazing he just runs around <laughs> screaming at people you know, and like, like hey, a if I know anything about Arsenal and and their relationship with Alexa Sanchez, Arsenal players love people screaming at them. <laughs> but it was different because it was more. It wasn't like he wasn't screaming at his own teammates. He was screaming at the other team, and he was like he was screaming at the ref, and he was just he was just mad. You know? It was just <laughs> it was amazing. Like he was just he's so competitive, and yeah. he's just he's just fun. I mean, like I know he's like going to be thirty five or whatever next season, but. I like Arsenal need a guy like him. I'm just, I, I love his fire. So um, yeah, I kind of like the Sweden team or the Switzerland team. I think that they're um, uh, kind of funny. Yeah. I forget that they're like ranked six in the world in FIFA too, which is so crazy. I mean, they're, they're not like some like 47th yeah. ranked underdog team. You know, they've, they've got plenty of wins under their belt, you know, as a, as a collective. Yeah. The star, the star fantasy player though, is on Sweden, Grankfist, who's now scored two beautifully struck penalties yeah. yeah and uh clean sheets on top of them and this is the secret that i so ha- us having never played a, a fantasy tournament game before i now right. understand that the the secret to success is captaining a defender so right. I ha- yeah had, had i the forethought to captain penalty taking Grinkfist, yeah uh, or even two just 12 pointers yeah or even just captaining uh like or just bringing in penalty takers right because especially with var you know i mean there's been more oh penalties. God, in this. yeah now we know yeah there's already been more penalties in this world cup than than any previous world cup so um yeah uh you know yeah that was that was clearly uh that's the kind of thing you don't learn when you have to profile 32 teams in six days or whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as we had with the fifa game uh, Columbia, England, the final game on uh, on Tuesday. Um, 
I think a lot of people think that England, I'm sure England is a slight betting favorite to win this match, but it's, uh, I think they are actually, I think it's like a 60, it's like two, maybe two to one. Um, so it's, yeah. uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, do you are you, are you interested in any fantasy assets in England? Is there anyone you'd, you'd think about bringing in? Harry Kane or... Um, well, I'll tell you what. Um, it takes a lot for me to like quickly fall in love, but I fell hard for Colombia when they played against uh, Poland in their second game. Um, they're, now, granted, Poland basically was not there. They were they were like in some sort of virtual simulation of a football game, but mm-hmm. Colombia were just absolutely electric and um, they just look sensational. James Rodriguez plays that amazing ball to um, Quadrado. And it was funny, like right before Quadrado scores that goal, um, I was making some joke on our Patreon slack of you thought Pogba can't shoot. I, I really don't even know how to put into words what the deal is with Juan Quadrado. And then he goes and he scores yeah. a very composed counterattacking goal. Um, so I, I think there are a lot of players to consider on this Colombian team. That said, uh, I'm with you. I kind of, I kind of favor England to put in a composed performance here and possibly negate the the Colombian attack. Yeah, it really so just depends. I guess on... what I'm saying is I'm trying to temper my enthusiasm for my new yeah. girlfriend that is Colombia. Well, it depends on, you know, Hamas Rodriguez, you know, limped off and whatever it was, the 25th minute. Um, yeah, I believe it's a, a thigh injury that's been right. reoccurring for him. So the, the, the one right. worrying thing is it's it's a reoccurrence of an old injury. Yeah, I agree. Because in, in that second match, he was unbelievably good. Um, you know, just, yeah. so, yeah, he just looked like, I mean, yeah, he looked like a fantastic uh uh, you know, just the, like the, exactly the playmaking person that we saw in 2014. There was somebody, I think it was Gunner Blog, which is uh, an Arsenal blog. He's also on um, the uh, Arsenal Blog podcast, which is a great podcast. Uh, and he was talking about how he like basically only watches James Rodriguez in, in the World Cup. So he's convinced. He's like, so I think that James Rodriguez is the greatest player in the world because if you only yeah. watch him in the World Cup, you're yeah. like, this is the greatest player. Uh, and you're like, what's yeah. happened in the last four years? Well, he kind of kicked around Real Madrid, got injured, and he was at Bayern, and he was okay. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, he, uh, I hope he's healthy because I mean, yeah, I mean, this idea that like England can like, like play a bunch of mediocre teams in the way to the final, I mean, it, you kind of want them to play some good teams, right? It's just, a, it's more fun to like, absolutely. Yeah. yeah you want to, you want to beat the, be, you know, beat the best. I mean, it's, you know, I, yeah. I can understand wanting like an easy match in the round of, you know, into the quarterfinals or something, but you know, I think that if I'm England, I kind of want to play Spain in the semis and really just you know, just beat them, you know, and just prove that you're better. Yeah. Um, I I do think Harry Kane is a great prospect for a fantasy side with England. He got his, he's, he got his rest. Um, Is, I don't know. Are you, do you root for Jamie Vardy in those situations? Like really want Vardy to get a goal and, and really prove himself on the world cup stage. What a moment. I just like Jamie Vardy. So I, I always kind of root for him, but, um, no, I don't really care. I mean, he's, he scored goals and for England, you know, so <laughs> it's fine. He, he won a league. Yeah. You know, he's good. What, what about what John? So John needs? Stones, John Stones with a brace. Uh, he, I mean, I guess he was basically left to do whatever he wanted on various set pieces. But right. uh, yeah. if you were going to bring in an English defender, who would it be? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Harry Maguire, actually. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess possibly, um, 
Kyle Walker, although Kyle Walker hasn't had a great World Cup so far. I mean, he didn't play I feel like Kyle game, Walker has kind of been he's kind of been screwed putting being put in a back three because his where he's most effective of we as we've seen with City and with Spurs is wing play. He's yeah. using his pace down the flanks, and I don't see him with a great amount of scoring potential on set pieces if you yeah, stack him up against Harry Maguire and John Stones, right? Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I was just thinking about the the like the solidity of his starts. There's like no way he's not going to sure. start, but yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess Cahill could, in theory, bump one of those two players. Um, but yeah, I think um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I maybe carry carrying Trippier actually if you think he's going to play all those games. Mm, yeah, that yes, great great call there i think that might actually be the way to go um so harry kane he's on five goals now so mm-hmm. uh getting to eric medbo's question i see here who are you tipping to win the golden boots so so uh right before the knockout stages start we can we can make these calls yeah i think um okay so who do you think is going to win it all who do you think is going to win the golden boot my prediction for the uh for the golden boot is um yeah, I guess I'll go with Ronaldo. Um, I mean, it's, I'm not going to like make a Super Bowl pick here. I'm going to pick someone who's got like already at least four goals. Uh, I was actually I was debating mm-hmm. between uh, Ronaldo and um, I don't know Ronaldo, Kane, and Lukaku all have like a decent shot, right? Um, sort of like whichever sure. of those you know whichever yeah, of those Lukaku's on four as well. Finals. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Ronaldo's on four. Uh, Lukaku's on four, and Kane's on five. Uh, I mean, own goal is obviously the clear favorite here, right? I think own goal is on seven. <laughs> yeah, right. So do I have this right? Diego Costa is still on two goals because the the goal he kind of quote-unquote scored in the second match is an OG. I guess so. Yeah, the Paul Pogba goal went down as an old goal too in the in the first game against France, which I, I don't remember that looking like an own goal, but did it hit the back of the goalkeeper or something? It was, I don't know, that was a strange uh, I don't. I, I don't recall. I mean, speaking of the the Brian Ruiz penalty that went down as a keeper <laughs> on goal. Well, that was for that? sure. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, was... I mean, yes, obviously it, it's, it's just like incredible um, bad luck if you're the keeper yeah. there. It's amazing. I mean, VR and own goals are going to be like the two things we'll always remember about this World Cup. But it's uh, it's it's so <laughs> so fantastic. I'm going to back right. Lukaku for yeah. the golden okay. golden boot. The the uh, the Punisher, the troll himself, Romelu Lukaku for the golden boot. All right, and uh, who do you think is going to win it all? If you had to pick one of these sixteen teams. <laughs> okay, so I guess this goes this goes against the Lukaku pick. I'm just. Tr- Maybe Lukaku does it, but now if I'm looking at Uruguay to win it all, you're going to see a few more goals from Luis Suarez. I do wonder if Suarez could sneak in there with, you know, if you're looking at a final golden boot tally of six, seven, eight goals, there's still time for Luis Suarez to do that. Um, I don't know who's going to win it all. So I've got, basically I've got it down to four. I've got Uruguay, Belgium, Spain, Spain and Croatia. Let's say sorry, all you England fans out there. Um, it's coming. I don't know. Right I'm now. just going to back Belgium. Uh, I'm going to have fun. It's going to be a fun okay. pick for me. All right, I'm I'm, I'm going to stick with Spain. Spain was the team I predicted in last week's podcast. Um, you know, if, if, I think if you were if you were just betting of these 16 teams, I think they're the team that you'd want to bet because they have the easiest draw to the final. Uh, and then once they're in the final, you know, it's sort of you know, you'll take your odds there. Um, I think, you know, I mean, Brazil look, have looked really solid, but, you know, Brazil's going to have to beat, you know, a feisty Mexico team. They're going to beat Belgium. Uh, they're going to beat somebody between, 
I mean, honestly, it's something between France, Argentina, Uruguay, and Portugal. Those are all going to be tough matches, and they'll have to play whoever they face in the final. So, you know, definitely not a really tough draw for everybody in the top half. Um, you know, I mean, you can understand why England feels I, – I don't know. I mean, it was – did you, like, pay attention to the game today? Like, were you, like – it was uh, such I was a boring a, I was in a meeting, the, meeting yeah. the entire time. Yeah, it was it was a total drag. I mean, it was just like they did. They didn't want to. I mean, it was just like it was just your classic. Everyone knows what happened. I mean, you know what happened in that game. Well, the, when the when, when the team sheets when the team sheets came out, yeah. you knew it was a battle of who could care less. So yeah, uh, exactly. Like the Benfold's Five song. Brennan, let's take a break and come back and uh, just like <laughs> and then just wrap up the podcast. <laughs> we already talked for fifty minutes. Sure. That's insane. <laughs> All right, let's come right back. Same old podcast, always shading. Brandon, we're back. We've got a couple top tens to run through. The first is our Patreon set and forget top ten. If you've made it this far into the podcast, then you're definitely the kind of person that we would love to have as a patron. We'd love to talk to you on our Patreon Slack. We'd love you to join all of our private leagues. Uh, we have a lot of <laughs> we have a lot of different Patreon leagues, all of which offer different prizes. Uh, the, the current one, the set and forget, uh, the winner is going to get a hundred dollar gift card. Um, and, uh, the, the top 10 starts like this. I'm gonna start at the bottom. Uh, Sean Comiskey, Eric Freeman, Eric, Eric Freeman, who has made the leap into world cup expert. I like, when did he become such a savant? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, we've all, I've always loved Eric's Twitter feed, but he's like a he guy's on top of everything. Uh, yeah, he Fred, was all over uh, Go, Godin before the tournament started. Well done on that call, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brent Voorhees, Daniel King, Pratik Mali, Josh Landon, Jesse Halstead, William Syme, Ricardo Antunes, and Lou Gutierrez. Uh, congrats to... Uh, Three-way tie Lou, at the top there. Yeah, exactly. Lou, Ricardo, and William all, all tied for third, and then I... Uh, me, Josh Landon, I'm tied with Jesse, um, just, just below that. So, um, I don't know if, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I can actually win or not. I need to go look at the, uh, the, the points and maybe I, maybe I need like Croatia to run the table or something. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying, I'm not giving you a hundred dollar gift card, Josh. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> uh, all right, let's, let's hear the FIFA league top 10, Brandon. Okay, so everyone playing the uh, McDonald's FIFA game, you can still join our league, I think. Our our league code is in the show notes of this podcast, so just jump to the show notes and click the join link. Running through the top 10 real quick, we have a four-way tie for ninth place. So we'll start at the bottom with FPL Physio, Andre787, Price Change, and Adam Pritch, all on a 193-point total. Then in eighth place, it's Era3D2, Seventh, Link Gasman or LNK Gasman. Uh, I like that name, Gasman. Uh, <laughs> fill her up, Link. Uh, sixth place, it's Mongoose888. Fifth place, John Mount. Fourth, Mark McGettigan, the uh, FPL general. We all know him and love him. Well done, Mark. Just a natural fantasy player, isn't he? Truly. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Uh, third place, <laughs> yeah, no, it's no. Floyd, Floyd F. In second, Kuden 88. And in first place, jumping to first place with a total of 211 overall points, it's Tom Abhoy, Ireland's lost sons. So well well done, Tom Abhoy. <laughs> it's got to be Tom Abhoy, right? <laughs> Tom Abhoy? It's, it's the H after the B there that uh, throws me. I mean, I yeah, exactly. Yeah, Tom Abhoy, uh, come, on, come on to Twitter and explain your, explain your name, explain yourself. 
Uh, Tommy Boy, if you do win, then you will be invited on the podcast uh, this fall, or I should say maybe late summer, uh, to do a, a team preview of a Premier League team of your choice that applies to anybody who finishes first in our FIFA League. Uh, so congrats to everybody. Before we take off, Josh, we've got some FPL new acquisitions. So since we last potted, it's just kind of startling how, how much transfer news is happening while we should all be focused on the World Cup. But but here we are. <laughs> We, uh, you know, there are there are not major FPL implications, but some minor ones here. We'll start with transfers in Lucas Fabianski leaving relegated Swansea to go keep at West Ham. Um, so I think we all have complicated relationships with Fabianski via FPL. <laughs> the, you know, you kind of you, you kind of have him during the good times and also during the bad. He, he kind of is ever present in our FPL sides. Sure. And I think this is why. Right. He at Swansea regularly priced at four point five or, or thereabouts. So the question of with him coming into FPL this season on West Ham is at four point five, he's going to be a steal. But in all likelihood, he's going to be priced at five point oh. <laughs> right. Classic scenario. I I don't know if I like him at 5.0 uh, on West Ham. Their defense looked better at the end of last season. It seems like they finally started to figure things out a little bit. Uh, you know, Masawaku even started to play well after. Yeah, I well, had they, like they lost Winston Reed weeks. to a bad injury that that could not have helped the central defense. He's kind of a talismanic figure for them back there. Yeah, I feel like Cresswell played a little better on the stretch too. So. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, what's surprising about Fabianski is that he's 33 years old, uh, which so, I don't know. Does, does that feel old to you? I, I, I was like, I thought he was a little younger than that. 33. That's like he's like a year younger than Peter Czech. Yeah, I guess. Odd. Yeah, he's 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 sort of in FPL years much younger than that. But uh, these these guys, particularly these keepers, another one we can talk about is the new transfer into Crystal Palace, a 31 year old Spanish goalkeeper. Uh, Vincent Guaita. Um, and he comes from the La, La Liga side, Getafe, a club which, you know, I know you're a huge Getafe supporter, Josh. They finished Giant. eighth in La Liga. I mean, eighth, eighth seems pretty good for a La Liga side. Mm-hmm. Better than ninth through 20th. That's a fact. So <laughs> Guaita probably comes to Crystal Palace just to wear the number one shirt. I mean, Palace yeah. didn't have... So was Great a, luck with Hennessy yeah. last season. Ferroni was even coming in to fill. fill yeah, was. I believe this was a move that was um, actually kind of set up in the January transfer window. And then um, I think uh, Getafe couldn't get a replacement keeper in time. And so, oh, okay. uh, and so they were actually, um, it was an offseason move. But I know that this is a guy who's been lined up there. I think, I think he's highly regarded keeper. Um, I mean, I, you know, I can't pretend that I've seen a bunch of Getafe games and can comment on him. So, um, you know, I don't know. Thirty-one. I think you Spanish should comment anyway, though. <laughs> I mean, he's he's played some of the you know absolute t- you know toughest strikers in the league, so or uh, in the world. So, um, you know, I think you know interesting interesting option at four point five million, and I I don't know that he would be five million. I don't know how you could price him at five million given his lack of Premier League experience and given how uh, mediocre Crystal Palace uh, played for most of last season. Well, I mean, but this will be Roy Hodgson's team coming into the season. And, of course, he is traditionally a very um, defensively organized manager. You do wonder if Palace will weirdly be a defensive powerhouse 
in the mid table uh, this yeah. season under Hodge. A mid table, so a mid table version of a powerhouse. <laughs> uh, that, that that is actually that's not meant to be a backhanded compliment at Palace. Sure. I mean, they've they showed quite a bit of grit to get yeah. from like the, the worst team in the league. Mid table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we do we should give a shout out to Fabianski though for having a clean sheet in the uh, World Cup against Japan. So good on sure, him. Sure, good on him. James Madison to Leicester City. Brandon, they say there are no second acts in American life, but the fourth president of the United States is now going to be a midfielder for Leicester City. 21 years old, uh, Norwich City's player of the season last year with 15 goals and 46 appearances. Uh, pretty highly regarded player in general. I, I, I know that uh, uh, some people on, uh, on, on Twitter were, were sort of big upping him and talking about him. And you, you, did you, do you remember him at all from you know, watching Fulham matches last year? Did, does that sure, James yeah. Madison well, Fulham, stand out? Yeah, Fulham's opening match uh, was uh, last season was against Norwich. And um, Madison, uh, I don't really remember him. He didn't stick out in my mind, but I was kind of more trying to f- – <laughs> figure out who was on Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was more like Norwich had a whole new cast of characters last season. And, yeah, and Madison yeah. himself was a new player for he had been like a professional loanee for a couple seasons prior to 200 years being on Norwich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is the sequel for for Hamilton that we've been waiting for for a long time. <laughs> it's James Madison. To, yeah, that's true. Actually, he died during. Uh, I, I actually died during during Jefferson's presidency. Madison was president uh, four years later. Uh, Florin Andone to Brighton and Hove Albion, a twenty five year old Romanian striker uh, from Deportivo La Caruna. Uh, six goals and 30 appearances last season. Brandon, this guy screams 5.5 million, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everyone, and as everyone knows, 5.5, that's, that's a no go. That is a definite no go. You're going to yeah. have to show me more than six goals to, to be a 5.5 player in my squad. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, six goals and 30 appearances. That's not like the world's greatest strike rate either. So I, I say Florin Anodyne, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh two more transfers in to mention leon oh, sorry sorry leon i'm gonna butcher your name Bologun. uh he's also moving to brighton hove albion and we've recently seen leon in the world cup 30 year old central defender for nigeria and nigeria's defense um you know for the most part looked looked I don't know. How would you assess Nigeria, Stevens? I thought he looked decent. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you, you, like you don't want to commit to saying they look solid. Yeah, I, like you, I, yeah. You, you say something, Josh. That whole team, I think, uh, was kind of disappointing, but I, I thought their defense was fine. I don't know. Like yeah. it, I wasn't impressed by their defense in that Croatia game, uh, but the whole team was a little slow in that game. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, 30-year-old central defender, another Brighton player, it's – you know, who knows? The scary, I mean, the scary the, thing about this transfer is, does this mean we're moving beyond our dunk Duffy world? Yeah. If, if you could count on anything last season, yeah, it was three. Could yeah, be, it could be three at the back. Uh, Stuart Arm, the final final transfer in is Stuart Armstrong to Southampton. He's a 26 year old Scottish midfielder from Celtic. Four goals and 39 appearances last season. Uh, he did play with a um, with a recurring knee injury, however. Um, you know, Southampton, their talent acquisition um, tends to be very solid. I mean, I think the last player they brought from Celtic was uh, Virgil van Dyke. 
Um, so, um, you know, but he is 26 years old. So, um, not, you know, I feel like typically, you know, I, you really want to trust them when they, when they bring in like a 20, I mean, Hey, look at Jan Benderak, right? I mean, that was a, a, a acquisition that they brought in who, uh, you know, sure. scored Poland's only goal today. So, um, yeah, I think in general, I give, I give Southampton the, the benefit of the doubt when it comes to, um, uh, basically all of their transfers, at least the transfers yeah. in, I, I quibble with their transfers out sometimes. <laughs> like, like for example, Dusan Tadic. Dusan Tadic announcing uh, this week that he's moving to Ajax. Yeah, it's Tadic is gone. Uh, Emre Chan is gone, and in the big one, Brandon Wayne Rooney to DC United. Uh, Adam P says, on a scale of one to ten, how much weight will Rooney gain during his <laughs> first season at DC United? <laughs> I was joking with Adam on the Slack that, uh, lest you forget, the United States is the home of light beer. So maybe maybe Rooney will become the most fit he's ever been just by discovering Bud Light or Miller Light. <laughs> I don't know. D.C. Has, is like a bit of a food town. So, I mean, you know, if, if he's... If he likes the classy restaurants, I don't know. I mean, it's he's going to be away from home, though, too, right? I mean, this is... You know, Wayne Rooney is, you know, you know, North London or not North London. He's, he's a northerner. So, um, you know, is the culture in D.C.? Is he going to like it? I mean, does anyone like it right now? It's are you, a weird are time you to suggesting be in DC. are you suggesting he's going to eat his feelings while he's in D.C.? He's going to be sad you, and homesick and he's just going to balloon. If you moved uh, across the world, Brandon, you, you were isolated. You you'd always lived in one other place. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you eat out more often? Wouldn't you? You know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I probably I probably eat meals. delivery in. I wouldn't go out. I wouldn't leave <laughs> yeah, the house. I'd get no, exactly. food delivered to me. So he's going to look like he did in that Nike commercial from a few years ago, where the one where he yeah. he missed the, you know, where he gave away the ball and then it like flash forward to where he was, you know, yeah. ten years living ago. living in a trailer park with a big <laughs> old beard. Exactly. He's going to be living in Georgetown with a big old beard. He he should have never gotten that hair transplant, and he had, should have just grown a giant. Like well, I'm sailing the, around the world beard. Did you see the photo of him in the airplane on his way to DC? He didn't have a hair on his body. It was bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> you looking at alopecia. It was it was so strange. <laughs> All the hair is gone now. I don't know what I don't know. It was like a condition of, of going to uh going to the US as he couldn't have any hair or something. It was it was very strange. You look up this photo if you haven't seen it. It's it's, okay. it's, it's disturbing. Well, I, I have long had body hair conspiracies about Wayne Rooney. He always insists on wearing long sleeves, even when it's like you know, a hundred degrees Fahrenheit outside. And I, I don't think it's because he has incredibly offensive tattoos. I think he's just ashamed of copious amounts of upper arm hair. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the, I, I don't know if I saw everything in the upper arm. So maybe it was all, it was all hiding there. You didn't see everything. Uh, I, I will say but lastly on Dusan Tadic, I think there was a, a cry of relief on social media. I remember uh, Peter Blake said, thank God I won't have to uh, anguish over uh, do I or do I not bring in Tadich this season, which yeah, we all inevitably bring him in and get burned at some point. Yeah, it's finally over. Uh, speaking of finally, Brandon, we got one last thing to do. Red Dagger has a question. Uh, rank the best Star Wars movies. Come on. It's time we did this. Uh, we've actually gone so long on this podcast, Brandon, that we're going to throw it up as a Patreon exclusive. So if you'd uh, like to go listen to me and Brandon talk about the Star Wars universe um, and, uh, you know, just as a quick uh, heads up, we've actually already. Re- Why wouldn't we were, you? 
Yeah, we actually uh, we have already recorded this. We went so long that we are we're not gonna we're not gonna subject people to listen to it who uh, are actually trying to get some fantasy. Information. It becomes an actual strange discussion in which we actually start um, assigning FPL price yeah. tags to yeah. the various Star Wars movies. So uh, we take it to some real interesting places that I wasn't any Star expecting. Wars discussion where Pavel Pokrebniak is invoked. You know, it's got to be an interesting discussion. So uh, go visit uh, patreon.com slash always cheating. You also get into our private Slack where we talk about actual things that matter in fantasy, like strategy and prices and captain picks. And uh, we've got a World Cup thread going on there right now as well. Um, so, uh, and you can also listen to all of our previous podcasts. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of great Patreon exclusive pods on there. Uh, and uh, just if you, uh, if all you want to do is just uh, find out more about future episodes, you can uh, go to Twitter. That's uh, twitter.com slash hail cheaters is where you'll find us. That's H-A-I-L cheaters. Uh, Facebook.com slash always cheating. You can email us, uh, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Uh, or you can just visit uh, our SoundCloud page or our website, which is alwayscheating.com. Excellent. Yeah, and I'm now inspired to think about all of the Premier League players who should um, instead be bounty hunters in Star Wars. <laughs> Pavel, Pavel Prograbniak, uh, chief among them. So yeah, yeah, that's one for the listeners out there. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a couple five five million forward duds in the uh, Star Wars universe for sure. All right, Josh. Well, I'm looking forward to hanging out on Tuesday. We're going to be watching live Sweden and Switzerland and then Colombia, England. So uh, cheaters, follow along on social media, and uh, we'll see you next time we podcast. Enjoy the World Cup. Yep, likewise. And uh, Brandon, I'm looking forward to Tuesday. And um, yep, we'll be on uh, Slack and uh, Twitter uh, all weekend. So uh, if you'd like to uh, chat with us, uh, please come and find us. And uh, if you'd like, uh, very much appreciate it if you would uh, go onto iTunes and give the podcast a five star review. Uh, you can write a little uh, review, like, you know, the comments as well. That'd be great. Uh, but even all you did was just pop in there and give us a five star review, that'd be very much appreciated. Yes, very, very cool. That would be very cool. You'll be a, a super friend of the podcast. All right. Well, have a great weekend, everybody. Poku forever. <laughs> I don't know what this podcast is. Uh, I'm enjoying yeah. just talking about the World Cup. So, you know, whatever. It's just two guys talking about the World Cup. So <laughs> I think that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fine. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.